Has someone ever taken a blog post you've written, copied the entire article, and then pasted it on their own blog? That's happened to me several times, and it also happened to Tim Fall, who was last week's guest on episode number 20 of the Professional Writer Podcast. This issue of copying and pasting other people's content has a lot of misconceptions swirling around it, and I want to address the faulty reasoning used by people who do this and provide you with some guidelines to follow. I'm your host, Laura Christensen. Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes and a complete written transcript for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. We're going to look at this issue from two perspectives. First, you're a blogger whose content has been reproduced without your permission. What action should you take? And then second, you're a blogger who discovers a great blog post and thinks, wow, this is fantastic. I want to share this with my readers. What's the appropriate and legal way to share someone else's content? Let's start by looking at what happened to Tim Fall. Tim, who is a memoir author and an avid blogger and social media user, wrote on Facebook that a man copied his entire post and put it on his blog. Not just a couple of lines, but the whole post. And the man put a link back to Tim's post at the end. Now, bloggers, I want you to think about this. How would you react if someone did this with a post that you had labored long and hard to write and polish? Here's what Tim did. He asked the other blogger, quote, not to appropriate the whole post without permission, unquote. The blogger replied, quote, it's all right, since we're both Christians. And then he added, besides, I attributed it to you. Tim insisted that this was not okay and asked the blogger to remove the post. The blogger acted affronted. And Tim says that he's had this happen more than once. He said, one guy went so far as to tell me that everything on the internet is public domain, so he had every right to use it without my permission. I kept insisting anyway. He finally deleted it and then posted a special note on his blog telling followers that I was being unreasonable and that's why he had to take down the post that he copied from my blog. As I was reading Tim's Facebook post, my blood started to boil. Apparently, lots of other people's blood pressure was skyrocketing too because Tim's post had received over 100 comments at last glance. I read all the comments on the post twice, okay, maybe three times, to see how people were reacting. Some people kind of laughed it off with an, oh, well, what can you expect from the internet attitude? And others wondered where in the world this guy was from, and they suggested that maybe his actions were due to cultural differences. Tim said that the guy is from the Midwest, so you can interpret that however you want. Several people asked for clarification. Did the guy share your post? In other words, did he click a share button like you would do on a Facebook post? No. When you click a share button on a blog post, it does not copy the entire post. It copies the title, possibly a short description or an excerpt, and the link back to the post, which is intended to be shared on social media. What this guy did 
was manually copy and paste Tim's entire post as a new post on his own blog. Someone else asked, well, did the guy use quotation marks? Did he attribute the content to Tim? I'm unsure about the quotation marks, but he did put a link to Tim's blog at the bottom of what Tim calls, quote, the pilfered post, unquote. One person suggested that Tim copyright his blog using a Creative Commons license, and that might stop some of the blatant plagiarism. Now, that advice, while well-intended, was inaccurate on three different levels. First of all, Tim does not need to put a copyright symbol, the C with the circle around it, or a copyright notice on his blog or on any of the posts he writes that are published on his blog. And neither do you if you're a blogger. You do not need to put a copyright symbol or a copyright notice anywhere on your blog. Tim does not need to register a copyright with some government agency because his blog and all the published posts on his blog that Tim wrote are instantaneously protected by U.S. copyright laws upon publication. This is an important point. Intellectual property that you create, such as a blog post, is automatically copyrighted. The second misconception that this person had who recommended that he get a Creative Commons license is a Creative Commons license is just that. It's a license to use content either as is or part of a new work. But Tim would still own the copyright to his work and the person using that work under the Creative Commons license would need to follow the specifications that Tim outlined in the license. And third, Copying and pasting someone else's post onto your own blog is not plagiarism. So let's just pause here for this week's word nerd moment and define what plagiarism is. Plagiarism is when you pass someone else's work off as your own. So if you copied and pasted Tim's entire blog post and put your own byline on the post as if you wrote it, that would be plagiarism. What happened to Tim is called copyright infringement. And just to clarify the spelling of the word copyright, it's C-O-P-Y-R-I-G-H-T, not C-O-P-Y-W-R-I-T-E, as I commonly see that word misspelled. An easy way to remember the correct spelling for copyright is copyright means the right to copy. C-O-P-Y- R-I-G-H-T, one word, is the correct spelling for copyright. There's your word nerd moment for today. A couple of Tim's commenters didn't see the harm in quoting Tim or in doing what they called reposting or generous sharing, in other words, copying word for word, his entire 1,200-word article, because the blogger who pirated Tim's work gave Tim credit. And Tim replied, They can't do it, even if they do give credit. I wrote a blog post. He copied the whole thing and put it on his blog and then added a link at the bottom back to my page. He stole my work. And that's the bottom line, friends. The blogger stole Tim's work. The blogger infringed on Tim's copyright. And he couched his misdeed by doing what I call 
playing the God card to justify his unethical and illegal behavior. We're both Christians, so you should be fine with me stealing your writing. Uh, no. Tim was not flattered that this man was so impressed with Tim's stellar writing that he appropriated the entire article for himself. My guess is that Tim was irritated. What can you do when someone infringes on your copyrighted content? Now, disclaimer, this is not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. I am simply offering practical suggestions based on my own experiences and research. A situation similar to Tim's happened to me. In my case, it was clear-cut plagiarism because the blogger reprinted my entire article and put their own name as the author directly above my article on their blog. The plagiarizer did not link the article back to my blog. Well, as soon as I discovered what had happened, I took immediate action and I posted the following comment on her blog beneath my article. Please delete this article from your website immediately. The content in its entirety has been stolen from the Blogging Bistro website where it was originally published on, and then I inserted the date of publication at, and I inserted the URL to the original blog post published on my blog. You did not ask for nor receive permission to reprint the article, thus you are breaking copyright law. And then because I was really irritated, I added, I can't believe that a marketing company would have the audacity to steal someone else's content. You should know better. In addition to posting that comment publicly on their blog, or rather under my blog post on their blog, I emailed a similar message to the blogger. A couple of minutes later, yes, minutes, I received the following reply from the blogger. I apologize, as I wasn't stealing your content. I linked to your website and I state that it is your information in the post. I never took credit for it at all. It states clearly in the article that it is yours with links and images. Yeah, this person copied and pasted the exact images that I'd published with my article too. Thank you very much. So I went back, I triple checked my article on their blog, and I took screenshots of the entire article to see if I had somehow missed my own byline in there somewhere, or I had somehow missed that link to my blog that they claimed was there. Nope, no byline, no link. Um, by now, as you can imagine, steam was shooting out my ears and I replied, when you reprint an entire article without asking or receiving written permission from the author, that is stealing. Check copyright laws on this. I am not seeing a link or any attribution to the original source, just your own byline and my article reprinted wholesale on your site. For future reference, whenever you share someone else's content, you are allowed to publish a limited excerpt, and the length of the excerpt depends on the length of the original article. For a blog post, it's usually a couple of lines or a very short paragraph with an attribution to the author and a link back to the primary source. But you can never, ever reprint an article, song lyrics, a poem, a book chapter, a blog post, etc., in its entirety without written permission from the author. 
disguising stealing as sharing wouldn't go over well in court. Please remove the article immediately. If you want to compose your own original promotion of my article, along with my byline and a link to my site, you have permission to do that. That would be genuine and honest sharing. The blogger followed up six minutes later with this message, quote, I can remove it if you wish. Didn't mean to steal. I was simply sharing an informative article. If you don't want the exposure, that's your choice. Um, yeah, that would be my choice. Isn't that what I've been saying all along? I don't want or need exposure from the likes of you. Thankfully, this person immediately took my article off her site. She replaced the reprint with an appropriate intro, a link to my article, and a credit line, just like I had given her permission to do. But what if she hadn't? What other actions could I have taken? First, and I had already done this, but if I hadn't already done this, first I would have made a copy of the plagiarized post on her blog. I would have taken time-stamped screenshots and saved the links of my content that the blogger was using, I would have also documented where and when my content was originally published on my own blog, including the date that it was published and a link back to the original piece, not just to my blog in general, but a direct link back to the specific blog post that I had published, the one that she stole. Next, I would have informed the blogger that I would be issuing a DMCA takedown notice. DMCA stands for Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Digital Millennium Copyright Act. The takedown notice is a legal document that you sign and you can deliver it directly to the perpetrator or to the service that hosts their blog. And here's where things get a little bit interesting. To find out who hosts a blog or website, and this is usually public information, you go to a website called whois.net, W-H-O-I-S.net. And I have a link to that in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. So go to whois.net, put in that person's domain name, and you are likely to discover some very helpful information about their site. To learn the name of the company that hosts their site, that's what you really want. You look down the list until you find the listing for name server. Contact the website or blog host. Let them know that a site that they host is infringing on copyright laws. And then ask them what their process is for issuing a DMCA takedown notice. Hosting companies are usually highly motivated to take action. And in some cases, they may take the entire offending site offline because the website host or the blog host can get in big legal trouble for breaking copyright laws. Third, you can file a DMCA claim with Google. Here's where things get really serious. In Google's legal help section, there's an area where you can file a claim. It's called Removing Content from Google. And click the link that you'll find in the show notes for episode number 21 at bloggingbistro.com to get to Google's legal help section and fill out a claim. Google will review the process of your legal claim. And if they approve your claim, 
they may remove the copyright violator's site from Google searches. In other words, Google will likely ban their site. They won't list it in the search engine results. In most cases, reaching out to the person who violated your copyright will bring about a resolution. Seeking legal action should be your last resort. Now let's look at the other side of the coin. Let's say that you're a blogger, you discover a piece of content that someone else has created and you wanna share it with your readers. What is the appropriate and legal way to share someone else's content? First and foremost, whenever you use someone else's content, whether it's a direct quote or a summary, always attribute the creator, the writer, the author, and always link directly to the original source. Second, carefully research what's called fair use, F-A-I-R-U-S-E, fair use. That's the part of the U.S. copyright law that allows you to use a fair amount or a limited amount of copyrighted material in certain circumstances without first having to get written permission from the copyright holder. Now, this is where things can get tricky because it's difficult to discern what constitutes fair use. I recommend erring on the side of caution. Less is better than more in the case of fair use. So when quoting from someone else's blog post, limit yourself to quoting a line or two or briefly summarize the theme or the topic of their post and be sure to attribute your quote or your summary to the original writer and hyperlink to their post, people can then easily click that link and they can go back to the original source material and read the full article there. That is a safe way to do it. Some fair use is determined by the length of the original article. So if the article is five sentences long and you quote four of those sentences, mm -mm, not good. If the article is 35 sentences long, you might be able to get away with quoting three or four sentences. Regardless of the length of the original article or how much of it you intend to quote, I'd get permission from the creator first. Most bloggers appreciate incoming links, but they wanna make sure that the sites that are linking to them are reputable and that they publish quality content. Now, a little aside here about book publishers. Most book publishers have fair use requirements for quoting from an author's book. So let's say you're writing a blog post and you want to include a quote from a book that you're reading in your post. You cannot copy entire book chapters. As with quoting from a blog article, you must receive written permission ahead of time, not after the fact, ahead of time, that means before you hit publish, and then also be prepared to pay a fee for the use of material from a book. Now, you may not necessarily have to pay a fee when quoting from a book, but you should be prepared to pay a fee. And also be aware that that fee may vary depending on how many words from that book that you are planning to quote. Be extra careful when quoting poetry or song lyrics, which tend to be fairly short. Err on the side of caution and quote only a line or two at most. The general rule of thumb is to assume that any content you find online 
is protected by copyright, whether that's written words, music, or visual content, such as images and illustrations, diagrams, charts. The shorter the piece of written content, the fewer words you can quote without getting permission from the creator. Speaking of visual content, I want to address the legality of using images found during a Google search in your blog posts, on your website, in social media posts, etc. This is one that I see being done incorrectly all the time. So I think it's very, very important to address this issue. And here's what you need to know. Google is not a collection of public domain or copyright free works. Even though they have a Google image search, they're not a collection of public domain or copyright free works. Copyright holders do not upload their images to Google for free use like they might do to a stock photo service. Google is a search engine that helps you find content, such as articles, blog posts, and images. When you do a Google image search and you click on an image, you'll be directed to the source website. And from there, you can contact the copyright owner to ask for written permission to use the image before you use it. Some images are distributed under what's called the Creative Commons or CC license. Notice the word license. For any licensed images, you must read the terms and conditions to find out what type of usage is allowed. And also in most cases, a Creative Commons license requires you to attribute the image to, guess who? The copyright owner. I recommend using images that you download from stock photo houses. In the show notes at bloggingbistro.com, you'll find a link to 25 or more terrific places to find free and low-cost stock photos. Just as you would do when using a Creative Commons image, check the license terms because each stock photo service has slightly different licensing requirements. An important distinction to remember when using stock photos You're not buying an image from a stock photo service and then you own it and use it however you want. You're paying them for the use of an image. So you need to make your best effort to ensure that you are using the image appropriately and legally. For any type of image, illustration, cartoon, map, graph, or chart, do your research to determine its copyright status. If the image is protected by copyright, you must get written permission from the copyright owner before you use it. Before using a Creative Commons image or one downloaded from a stock photo service, read the terms and conditions and abide by the licensing requirements. Whether you're a blogger who wants to protect the copyright to your own work or you're seeking to quote another person's work, know these things. If you live in the United States, you automatically own the copyright to intellectual property that you create. That copyright goes into effect as soon as you click publish. When someone copies and pastes your published content wholesale onto their own site, even if they attribute it to you, even if they include a link back to your site, if they didn't first obtain written permission from you, that is called copyright infringement or piracy. When someone copies and pastes 
copyrighted material that you wrote and published and puts their own name on it as if they wrote it, that's called plagiarism. Both copyright infringement and plagiarism are illegal. Doesn't matter whether the pirate loves your work. Doesn't matter whether you both share the same religious or political beliefs. Plagiarism and copyright infringement are illegal. So now you know, friends. If you have questions or need further clarification, because I realize we've covered a lot of ground in today's episode, I have included a bunch of helpful links in the transcript for today's episode over at bloggingbistro.com. I also invite you to join the Professional Writer Podcast Community Facebook group, where we will continue to explore this important issue together. If you're enjoying the show, I invite you to share it with a friend. And when you subscribe at bloggingbistro.com, you'll get email notifications of each new episode. Thanks for joining me today, and I'll talk with you again next week.